Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Here he is. I'll tell you what, in all of his radiant glory. Good morning, Dr. Good History. morning, Zeb. How I, are you? I'd ask how you're doing, but I can hear. You're you know, not sounding real good. You know, I very seldom ever get a cold, but I've made the uh, contribution to saying that it's a doozy. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's been nice driving out here. <clears throat> we'll both we'll both cough at the same time. How's that? <laughs> anyway, so today we're going to talk about the medical situation, the health that ha- uh, on the trails west. And I'm going to start out with a quote from a, a doctor. Okay, here's what he says. He says. We left a dead man by the name of Middleton on the levee at St. Louis and thought that we had left all the cholera with him. We were grievously disappointed, however. At noon, a boy was taken and died the next day. Oh, my. So we're going to talk about this a bit. This uh, doctor, uh, in 1849, this doctor by the name of uh, Israel Lord, uh, he was kind of a restless guy. He was back in Illinois, and he was kind of tired of the, the economy back there, and he was kind of excited about the news of the gold strikes in California. And as a physician, he knew he could be useful. Uh, you know, doctors would be needed on the trip and in the mining camps. And, you know, you may not think about a wagon train having a doctor in the wagon train, but that could be a real help. Oh, what did they do? And, by the way, a lot of people, you and me both make a good pair this morning. We both got throat problems. Uh, cholera. I mean, we're gonna talk a little that about was a deadly disease. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of the worst ones. Okay. But, uh, you know, young and healthy and adventuresome, this Dr. Lord and some friends took off choosing to travel overland, uh, which the alternative was to go by ship to Panama, across Panama, and then up that way. But they wanted to go overland. Uh, A few years later, uh, this Dr. Lord returned to the States, back to Illinois, disillusioned by what he had seen. He wrote in a letter in 1851, quote, I think 99 out of every 100 who shall hereafter go to California are either madmen, fools, or radically unprincipled, and, of course, dishonest. Wow. So that was his opinion. He uh, kind of told him what he thought. Yeah, he, after a few years, he went back home. Anyway, by the time the gold rush that Dr. Lord joined, Americans had already been looking west for a lot of years. Uh, as early as 1824, long caravans of traders and immigrants began to follow the Santa Fe Trail through the southwest. And along the way, you know, there, of course, there's danger, there's disease, uh, risking everything from wagon accidents to scurvy. I mean, you don't think of scurvy back then, but there was actual scurvy. No. Give us the causations of those problems. Well, scurvy, of course, is lack of vitamin C. Yeah. But mountain men and the Indians, they knew what to eat to get the vitamin C. Like the various shrubbery, if you will? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that had vitamin C. Turnips? Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. But uh, a few of the early immigrant trains had doctors, but according to a historian, uh, he said, quote, they were commonly so incapable that travelers usually preferred amateur treatment by experienced traders and mountain men. Was it 
Also a problem with their hygiene or lack of... Well, yeah, that's part of it. That is. And water, especially. And we'll talk about that. But back then, you know, the medical doctors, the training was not real good. And I don't want to say anything bad about the doctors because there was a lot of great pioneer doctors that were very good. Saved a lot of lives. Yeah. But there were others that really weren't so good yeah so but you know as more trails opened up there were re- religious groups that also turned their attention to the western expanse of america in 1834 pope gregory the 16th sent the the society of jesus also known as the jesuit jesuits right. you know you've heard of them right. mm-hmm. and that was to tend to the spiritual care of the of the indians and around the same time the american protestants went west with the mission to also convert the the indians and by the 1840s uh, there were a lot more that had joined the migration but with different objectives uh, among the travelers, there were settlers that were in search of fruitful farmland. They wanted, they heard about the great land. Uh, the religious group known as the Mormons, they were looking for a place to go. Uh, fortune seekers rushing to the west because of the gold rush. Let me ask you, didn't the Jesuits go up into the area of Spokane and thus yes. Gonzaga University was started? Yes, and there's actually a mission up there called the Catalgo Mission, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've done a show on that, I think, a long time I ago. I think you did. But, yeah. Uh, but And actually, uh, some of the tribes actually went back east to bring some of the Jesuits and what they called the black robes. Out west, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. because they heard what good things they were doing. So, but anyway, you know the dreams. Uh, all these pursued on the frontier varied. Uh, the path they followed to get there was sometimes tragic and hard and difficult. I mean, it was it, it was not an easy thing. Um, Did they have a lot of uh, their home remedies, like for cuts and being able to stitch each other up, or what? You know, I, I think they did what they could, and in this case, the women generally were the doctors. I see. They knew how to how to help sew up a wound, how to I put. Uh, different herbs and things on on cuts and bruises and things like that. Okay, but you know some people pulled carts, some rode in wagons or on horseback, some walked, uh, leading the livestock. They faced storms, rough terrain, disease. I actually uh, have a, a journal uh, entry from my great great grandmother that actually walked the whole way. No and, kidding. Which actually was from St. Joseph. Yeah, and. Uh, which wow. walking actually was maybe easier than trying to ride in a wagon that just beats you to death. Oh, my, you know? yeah. There wasn't any uh, springs on those wagons or yeah. not much. Yeah. But anyway, the immigrants' journey was filled not only with choking dust, treacherous mud, maddening insects, difficult weather, but also with bad water, scarce food, sickness, and all too often death. Uh, especially from cholera, which you just mentioned. Uh, And it was such a frequent occurrence on the trail that bodies were buried quickly and the trains would just move on. They they didn't hang around. Uh, Now, there was an interesting herbal uh, system called the Thomasonianism. Thomasonianism. And I had never heard of this before, but basically what it is is uh, the Thomasonian motto was, quote, every man his own physician. So the system's originator, a guy by the name of Samuel Thompson, born in 1769, was a self-taught practitioner who, through trial and error, found herbs that caused physical responses in sick people. And among his teachings were that heat was a manifestation of life and cold was the cause of all disease. Now, that was his theory. Really? Yeah. And he relied on... Boy, that would have really made Al Gore mad. <laughs> I guess. But, you know, they relied on plants such as uh, 
lobelia, which is also uh, called Indian tobacco. And what it did, it actually caused a person, and I know it's before lunchtime, Zeb, but it caused the person to vomit. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Cayenne pepper was to heat up the body, vapor baths. uh, The Thomasonian medical practice worked as well as anything else at the time. And since they did not use uh, harsh treatments, uh, uh, probably worked out better because they just kind of used things that were around. Let me break in here with a quick commercial break. Okay. Yeah. I want to remind everybody about Airvana, defined as the ultimate level of comfort you'll achieve with the presence of a new Lennox home comfort system and now when you buy a new Lennox uh, system at Ramsey Heating and Electric you can get up to $1,700 in rebates. Airvana is just another way to make you feel better so call Ramsey Heating and Electric today at 678-0459 or visit them online at Ramsey'sOnline.com. Also quickly wanting to remind you Kent Searle Watch your vote on uh, May 15th to become District 3 Cache County Commissioner. Kent Searle, lifelong resident of Cache County, has the experience of being a farmer and the service to you as an EMT and first responder and has gained your trust serving on the Ag Advisory Committee and the Gateway Powerline Committee. Kent Searle says together we can make Cache County even better. Kent Searle for District 3 Cache County Commissioner May 15th and paid for by the committee for Kent Searle. Dan Gammon, treasurer. And now, back to the man that makes everything sound good right before lunch, Dr. History. Okay, well, let's just get through this next little bit right here, Zeb. Uh, The pioneers actually used urine in many treatments. Okay. You had to do this. I've I, I got to go through it, Zeb. It was used Just for... remember, audience, it wasn't yours truly. It was him, Dr. History. Okay, now let me tell you what it was used for. Okay. It was used for chap skin, sore eyes. Did you put it on your lips? Earache. It was given internally to babies uh, with the croup. Now, baby urine was valued by some as a cosmetic to improve complexion. They would actually take a baby's wet diaper and wipe their face with it. Now, now Zeb, it's, it's okay, because urotherapy, now listen, urotherapy is an ancient practice used in many ethnic cultures. Now, okay, wait a minute. You've been sitting <laughs> out behind the garage too long. I, I knew this would get your attention. But the chemical urea, okay, that's in urine, is known to benefit external inflammation, and we know that hormones such as estrogen, melatonin, and others can be extracted from urine and used for specific medical I can just problems. see in the old days, my grandmother always used to come over and pinch my cheeks and then give me a big kiss. This could be a way of getting even with her. Well, you don't know what she did with your diapers. We'll just leave it. at Okay, we're done with that part, all right? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, anyway, okay, so here we go. Once the, you know, the primary westbound trails have been blazed and tested, mass migration began between 1840 and 1870. More than half a million immigrants headed west, bound for Oregon, and the California gold fields, the mining camps. What kind of fields? The gold fields. Oh, gold fields. Gold fields. I see. Okay. <laughs> mining camps. But the major migration began after January 24th. 1848, with the cry of gold uh, that they in uh, when they found gold at Sutter's Mill in California, but within ten years, more discoveries in the Rocky Mountains, the Black Hills, Wyoming, uh, caught the attention, and thousands more headed west because of that. 
But you know, the luster did become tarnished about the same time gold was discovered. Ships from Europe arrived in New York and New Orleans with passengers sick with cholera. So this came across the ocean, this cholera. It was called Asiatic cholera. Now, may I ask, how... Yeah, I know you're going to elaborate on okay. it. How was cholera uh, cholera transferred from patient to patient? You know, I, I believe there's uh, just in contact with people. Really? Yeah. Um, but it was severe. I mean, it was uh, devastating. It could wipe out a whole wagon train. And its cause was unknown at the time. And there was no cure. Not really. Uh, but there were a lot of wrong theories. Now, a few suspected the true culprit, which was actually infected drinking water. Yeah. So contact, yeah. I think, was somebody, and then, you know, maybe drinking out of the same bucket or can or whatever. But uh, there was a doctor by the name of uh, George Davis in 1850, and he warned his party not to drink what he called slew water. And that's what you and I would probably just say swamp water. Swamp water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And he encouraged them to drink only from running water, which obviously would be, you know, a stream or a creek that uh, was probably okay. When did they know about boiling water? Uh, You know, I don't know how long it took them to finally figure that out. When did Louis Pasteur come up with that? Yeah, I'm not sure of the dates when he when oh, okay. he did that, but you know uh, he's in fact this doc, uh, this George Gibbs said uh, in 1849 quote a man died today of cholera he was seen drinking swale water two out two hours after he was attacked with the disease and at night was buried that's quick is it a form of Gerardia yeah I don't know that it is oh, okay. I I I don't think it is actually. But probably cause some of the same symptoms. Okay. Now, against the killer... The screaming hurry-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Against the killer cholera, the best medicine a doctor had to prescribe was opium, believe it or not. No kidding. Yeah. Called by some, quote, the soothing monarch of medical powers. It relieved pain, slowed down the increased bowel activity and cramps. Still, Here we go again. Still, many doctors of the era believed that the strong purges like calomel were indicated. And, of course, this made everything just that much worse. Doctors did not understand dehydration, wow. the, the fluid balance or the need for electrolytes. Yeah, they were actually killing them. They were because uh, a lot of times they would do the bleeding thing. Which Are you serious? Made, oh, yeah. Uh, Way back in the 18, uh, what, they, 60s? They bled people. Oh, uh, they even bled animals sometimes. Cows, oh, horses that were sakes. sick. Yeah. But, you know, today during epidemics of cholera, the victims are saved by just pretty much replacement of fluids. And in those days, uh, survivors of this illness depended on being a pretty strong person, luck, and maybe some good nursing care. So they did survive it. They yeah. could. But, wow. you know... Um, in addition to cholera, diseases like, like malaria, and you don't think of malaria really as being up here, but it was. Typhoid, measles, diphtheria, scarlet fever. Well, you're the most sm- encouraging person <laughs> I've ever talked to this Smallpox, they all took their toll. Wow. And we know that, uh, you know, a lot of Indian tribes were devastated by Yeah, they were. Especially smallpox. Yeah, yeah. But the immigrants were undoubtedly troubled by undiagnosed conditions, as well as not to mention accidents, which were frequently fatal. Uh, conservative estimates of the number of deaths from disease on the trails west from 1842 to 1859 is 20,000, an average of 10 graves per mile. 10 graves. You know, i got to hand mile. it to you. You really know how to brighten up somebody's day. <laughs> well, I just want us to be grateful. We now, can drive from you here. Know, on the Oregon Trail, you're talking, or right. the California Trail. Well, either any of the either trails. One. 
Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of those graves probably have never been, I hate to say found, right. but realized. Right, because yeah. they, the wagon train didn't stop. You know, you buried your dead and you moved on. And if you were able to leave a, a, a post or a stick or a piece of wood or something, it, it was long gone, you yeah. know. But anyway, there's a gal by the name of Lucy Williams. She wrote to her mother in 1851, and she says, quote, We have been living in Oregon about two weeks, all of us except little John. And him we left 12 miles this side of Green River. He was killed instantly by falling from a wagon and the wheels running over his head. Oh. Of her three-year-old daughter, she wrote, Helen has been sick nearly all the day. We think she had scarlet fever, but she is getting better. So it didn't take everybody. Another lady by the name of Anna Maria King writes to her relatives uh, in 1846. She said, we had plenty of flour and bacon to last us through. All this sickness and death attended us the rest of the way. King's party suffered epidemics of measles, whooping cough, and fever. On one leg of the trip, there were 50 deaths, and later a family drowned crossing the Columbia River. This was wow. not a, this was not a trip for the week, you know. Well, and you know, it was more. I mean, you were looking at the elements. You were looking at perhaps the not so friendly Indian tribes. Right. Yeah. Uh, boy, if you wanted to have a opportunity in life to where you could do yourself in, just go on the Oregon Trail. Yeah. But then again, there were a lot that made it. Yeah. Now, another lady by the name of Parsons, she said she saw more death during a few weeks in 1850 than most people do in a lifetime. Wow. On June 23rd, she wrote, "Quote." The boy that was sick died about noon. Noon. These are hard times for us, but it is harder for the sick. Nothing for their relief, it seems. The next day, last evening, there were three more died out of the same family. Man. Anyway, recalling his childhood immigration many years later, there's a guy by the name of Brooks that wrote, A picture lingers in my memory of us children all lying in a row on the ground in our tent, somewhere in Iowa stricken with the measles, with six inches of snow covered all the ground, and the trees were brilliant with icicles. A delay of a week to enjoy the measles put us on our feet again, and we drove on. Wow. So, I, you know, evidently they, there were some that did stop it, long enough. It was enough. either heal up or die, because we're Basically. not going to stop. Yeah. 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 But the schedule, you know, of the wagon trains was rigid. Most immigrants began their trip in May, and they had about five months to get there before winter set in. So they had to keep moving. But, uh, you know, it forced families to continue regardless of health. In many cases, nothing, not even death, slowed down the caravans. One father whose child was ill wrote, quote, The trouble was they would not stop to doctor their sick. They would keep a rolling on. And that's what he Let said. me ask you, um, what was the number, if that is known, about the elderly that were on the Oregon Trail? You know, I would think that would not be a safe trip for anybody that was over a certain age. Right, and even to travel in a wagon. Oh, my. You know, yeah. you can just imagine bouncing. I mean, that, that was rough riding. Oh, wagons. I, I know. I've so been to, So yeah. to walk, or if you were lucky, lucky enough to be on a horse. I mean, to me, you know, I, uh, riding a horse would be much better than sitting in a wagon. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. but that's kind of... That's kind of how things happened on on the trail. And how many of these, I've only got a minute left here, but how many of these people, uh, let's say a wagon train had maybe, I don't know, 20 wagons. Is that a fair assumption of the yeah, normal I, size? I think you could say any uh, as low as 
five wagons up to 20, 30. Okay. So 20 wagons, and all of a sudden somebody's going down the trailer, and they say, you know what? I'd like to build a home right here. I wonder how many dropped out way early before they got to Oregon or other parts. Okay. Right here in our county, Zeb, Colonel Josiah Miller was on his way to Oregon. They camped right out here by the Snake River, right close to us. The next morning when he got up, his horses had gotten loose. So he started walking up this area, and he liked what he saw, so he stayed. So the the wagon train kept going, but he stayed here. He helped uh, uh, form, I think he was Burley's first mayor, but he had a cattle ranch here. And so, yeah, there's some that just stopped. And there were a few already here. So he wasn't the first to stop. But uh, actually, kind of an interesting story. He ran some cattle, and I know we're about out of time. But We are. Uh, the other cattleman said, Josiah, keep your cattle where they're supposed to be. Well, he kind of ignored it. And after a few warnings, they found him, and they uh, tied his hands behind his back, put a rope up over the tree, and put a rope around his neck and said, Colonel Miller, you have a choice. Either keep your cattle where they're supposed to be, or <laughs> you're going to hang. Was that enough incentive? I think he he uh, chose the right, I made see. the right choice. <laughs> you know that was really interesting. Next week, uh, can you elaborate on some of those things we were talking about with the diseases and everything? Yeah, I'll see what I can come up. I with. I mean, you were so forthright and so <laughs> well, upbeat. I, I kept it sort of clean. I can imagine, <laughs> Doctor History. Great job Thank every you, week. Zeb. Thank you.